Notice the introduction that I have for us. Many Christmas sermons focus on the who of the Christmas story and the wonderful lesson of Joseph and Mary and the shepherds and the magi, baby Jesus, and other inspiring characters of the Christmas story. Other sermons emphasize the when, the coming of Jesus foretold through the prophets, the times in which he was born. So not only the who, but the when. And it had to be precise. Michael the prophet prophesied 700 years before Jesus was born that he was coming. And it had to be precisely the time when he prophesied. This made me think of the astronauts. They go up into outer space and they come back to the earth. And in order to get back to the earth, they got to come through the earth atmosphere. And it has to be at a certain angle, uh, no shallower than 5.3 degrees and no steeper than 7.7 degrees. Right time. It's got to be exact timing or their spaceship would burn up or it would bounce off the atmosphere and go out to whoever. And the coming of Jesus had to be the right time. Only God, God Almighty, could have done that. So not only the who, not only the when, the coming of Jesus, but the how of Christmas, the virgin birth, the flight of Egypt, the search of Herod, and as I said, the worship of the Magi. And then not only the how, but the where. Where involves Bethlehem, Egypt, Jerusalem, and Israel. But this morning, this morning as we speak, we're going to be asking the all-important question, why? We know, we know all scripturally about the others. And we know scripturally, scripturally about the why. Why did Jesus come? I want you to ask yourself that question. Why? Why did Jesus come? The why of Christmas. And this is something we must always remember. And it's a very important message because we need to lock our minds and hearts around it. Why Jesus came. The who, the when, the where, the how it happened are all wonderful elements of the Christmas season. But we miss the point if we stop there. We miss the point. Would you allow me to read several verses of Scripture? I enjoyed this study. I enjoyed reading about it. I enjoyed reading from the Bible and, and, and digesting God's Word and enjoying what he had to say. Let's look at Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector. He was rich and he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd and he was short of stature. Okay. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him 
and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him how? Joyfully. When, he, when they saw it, they, the religious leaders all complained, saying, he is gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. He was not just a sinner. He was not, a notorious sinner. They hated him. The Jews did because he was a Jew and he was a tax collector. And he worked for Rome. And usually if their taxes of the people was 5%, he would charge 10% and put it in his pocket. I don't reckon that's going on in America today, but wow. No wonder they hated him. And so uh, Zacchaeus stood and said, here, I love this part. Lord, look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. I think that was a changed man. Amen? A changed man. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. One translation said he was a spiritual, now a spiritual son of Abraham. For the son of man, look at verse 10. For the son of man has come to seek and save that which was lost. That's the reason. Wow. And if someone said that a preach, brother, brother Dan, that a preach. He came to save that which was lost. Now, you, you, you know what the angel said to Joseph. When the angel appeared to Joseph and he was engaged to Mary and uh, he was wondering. Listen, listen to this, Matthew 1, 20 and 21. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that is which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, which means Savior, for he will save his people from their sins. Wow. That's exciting to me. That's glorious to me. He will save his people from their sins. Jesus Christ came to restore man back to a relationship with God, back to the image of God. That was his purpose. And really and truly, I love Christmas. I love the decorations, I think that they did such a wonderful job. of I love gifts. I love the songs. But there's nothing like realizing with all of these things, the reason that Jesus came was to seek and save that which was lost. Jesus came on a search and save mission. 
Let's look at the seeking, the seeking Savior. Someone said, a little man, Zacchaeus, a little man meets a big God. Jesus came seeking. Uh, he came seeking men up a tree. He came seeking a woman at the well. He came seeking people in their tombs. He came seeking the leper and the blind man and the hurting. And this morning, that, that's so important for us to realize that Jesus is seeking us. He knows where we are. He came to Zacchaeus, a man of position and a man of power. As I said, he gathered revenue for the Roman government. <clears throat> Speaking of Zacchaeus, with his desire and his desperate need, he overcame two obstacles, the crowd and his statue. He was a short man, the Bible says. He ran ahead, climbed a tree, and there had an encounter with Jesus Christ. It's not necessarily man seeking Jesus. I don't think we normally seek Jesus, no matter where we are, no matter what country we live in. No matter. It's Jesus seeking us. Jacob was sought by God out in a place that he had to use a rock, a stone for his head. He went to sleep, and there he saw a ladder that went all the way from heaven to earth. And God Almighty, that was seeking Jacob, began to talk to him and instruct him. God was seeking Jacob. Moses was not seeking Jacob, tending lamb and sheep. Joseph was just simply doing a normal, natural thing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Moses. Moses was just simply doing a natural thing. But he looked and he saw a burning bush. Why? Because Moses was not seeking God. God was seeking Moses. And God is seeking you and I today. I don't think Zacchaeus was seeking God. I don't think he was. I think he had heard about Jesus. Zacchaeus was curious about Jesus. He wanted to see him, but he was not looking for a direct encounter with God. I don't think Zacchaeus thought, I'm going to climb this tree and Jesus is going to stop right here. I don't think he thought that. I don't think he was seeking to have an encounter with Jesus. But let me tell you, he had an encounter. He had an encounter. But it's called Jesus stopped right where he was. So I don't know where you are today, probably not, not up a tree, not on, probably not on the back side of the desert, but I don't know where you are today, but I'm here to tell you the holy hound of heaven, the spirit of God is seeking you today. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open that door, I'll come in and sup with him. What does he mean, I'll come in, certainly, and fellowship? With him. Jesus invited himself to his house. Wow. You ladies that cook, 
Would you like somebody to invite themselves to your house? Wait a minute, we didn't invite you. But Jesus invited himself to his house and during the visit said to him, this day is salvation come to this house. Let me ask you, or let me encourage you to do something. Google or look in your Bibles or your study material and see what the name the word rather salvation means. What is salvation? What did he mean when he said, Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to your house. Salvation means to save. It means to deliver. It means to set free. If you receive Jesus Christ and you have salvation, you are free. It means to redeem, to restore, to make whole. That word salvation means to heal. And so when you come to Jesus, all of those things, God Almighty provides certainly for you and I. So this morning, Jesus is seeking you. Every step you take, he's shadowing you. Every move you make. He's dogging you. I like this. Every step. And you can try to shake him. You can try to get rid of him. But when you lie you're down at night and the lights are out, somehow there's that speaking. Somehow there's that invitation. Or maybe when you're not even really, really in church or something. God's Spirit. Maybe it's a song. Maybe you're listening to the radio or television. Maybe it's a gospel song. God is seeking. God is speaking. God is drawing. God is knocking at your door. Jesus Christ came seeking those that he will save and to save. Jesus came to save sinners of all shapes, to save sinners of all sizes and stripes. He came to slay, save deliverance by redemption from the power of sin. I love this. Not only from the power of sin, but from the penalty of sin itself. Jesus came to save. Not like this one. He came to save from the consequences of sin. It's bad to be lost. That last word I want to get to, and I'll finish it next week. It's, it's, it's not, I don't know if you've ever been lost or not, but it's scary. About 35 or 40 years ago, my wife and I were involved in a camp meeting down in Dunn, North Carolina. That's down east. And we had worked all week in this youth camp. We were tired. And uh, the last night, we loaded up our Volkswagen. I like Volkswagens. Uh, we loaded, loaded up our Volkswagen. It was full. It was loaded down with equipment. And uh, I was driving, and so we left Dunn, crossed over 95 Interstate Highway. And I said, I think I'll take a shortcut. I think I'll... I want to go a different way. Now, it's late at night. I'm tired. My wife is tired. I found out that night she's got more patience. She had as much patience as Joe. Because 
I didn't know where I was. I didn't know where I was going. Now, I don't know if you know or not, coming from Dunn, crossing 85, you got to go northwest somewhat to get to Durham. And so I was all out in the country with the cows and the hogs, no lights, that little Volkswagen going down the road. And I got to this stop sign, I got to that stop sign, I got to this intersection, I, I said, oh, I think this is the right, I know I'm going the right way. We wound up in Fedville. I, uh, and back then, we didn't have the interstates like we do now. We had some, but not like we, uh, and we, we went to Fedville a lot. We had ministry down there in the hospital that we went to every month. And it was, it, it was a place I hated to go because of, as far as the, the traveling, because it was, you had to go 55. And, and so when I found out, when I saw the, the Fedville city limit sign, and I thought I was close to Durham, I can't tell you how I felt. That's the reason I say, I found out Carol had more patience because she never argued at me. She never said, we just came on to Durham. We debated on whether to get a motel that night because we were so tired. No, let's go to Durham. I think it was Saturday night we had to come. Get back to preach. It's not, it's not good to be lost. Because there's some people that are lost, like I was that night, and they know it. I knew I was lost. After a while, I, I'm, I'm just as lost as I can be. By the way, I'm terrible at directions. My wife is very good at directions. And so, believe me, wisdom has taught me to listen to my wife and what direction to go. I knew I was lost. And you may be here today and you may be lost and you may know it. You may know you're lost. And then there are some people that are lost, they don't know it. And that's sad that they're lost. And they don't know it. But I'm here to tell you that no matter where you are, you can be down in the country like I was. You can run from God like the prodigal. You can rebel against God. But God Almighty, listen, Mom, Dad, God Almighty will not give up on your sons and your daughters and your grandchildren and your co-worker that you've prayed for so many times. He will not give up on that hardened sinner. He will continue to seek to that person. Next week, I want to talk about three lost things that comes from the 15th chapter of the book of St. Luke. And speaking of the 15th chapter, J.C. Ryle once said, there is probably no chapter of the Bible that has done greater good to the souls of man. In these three chapters, 
you'll find out how God really and truly feels about sinners. Let me say to you as I close, are you lost today? You may be, have accepted Christ, but you've drifted away from him. Are you lost today? I'm here to tell you, if you turn to God, he will accept you just like you are. As Jesus looked down to Zacchaeus, and he said to Zacchaeus, today I must come to your house. I'm asking you, inviting you, let salvation come to your house today. Let Jesus Christ come to your house totally and fully. He'll do work in your life.